Miss Monique. Welcome to episode 64 of the Brown Vegan Podcast, where I love to share strategies on how to embrace a simple, delicious, and long-term vegan life. I've been on this journey since 2010, so I just love to share how that looks and also bring on guests to do the same. You can find out more about what I do and how I do it at brownvegan.com. And don't forget to follow me on social media. I am Brown Vegan everywhere, and that includes YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I have another guest for you. This is actually a repeat guest. I have Janae from Sweet Potato Soul on the show. She was originally on episode 32, and we talked a lot about her vegan journey and YouTube and some other things. But this time around, we're actually going to talk more about vegan business and how she was able to transition from just, you know, doing Sweet Potato Soul as a hobby into like a full-fledged business and sponsorships and her YouTube channel and just really putting herself out there in just a huge way. And by doing that, she was able to secure a book deal. We're going to talk about the process of her writing the book, um, securing that book deal, And I love that she gave very realistic goals if you're somebody who's interested in starting a YouTube channel. Um, She even told me what I should do to improve mine because I've been MIA on YouTube for a long time. So she just gave me some tips on how to get back into that. I just love, love her transparency in this episode. One of the areas that I didn't expect us to talk about, but I'm so glad that we did, is her struggle with depression and anxiety. That's something that's so relatable to me because I also deal with that. And so she just gave some tips on how she's able to manage that. And a lot of it has to do with how she eats and just how she looks at the world and herself. Um, So really good information there. The biggest takeaway that I got from this episode is that it's just so important for you to just chase your dreams, stay out of your head, and just to keep moving forward. That's like a reoccurring um, advice that I feel like Janae gave in this episode. So if you're someone who wants to start a vegan business and you've been like thinking about it and you just, you know, you get bogged down by how to do it. I think she gave some very practical tips on how to make that happen. Janae's book is out today. So if you're listening to this episode right now, February 6th, definitely go and buy it. Even if you're listening to it, of course, after that, it's available wherever you buy books. Super excited. Go ahead and support her. Her book is called Sweet Potato Soul. Without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into the conversation with Janae of SweetPotatoSoul.com. I'm so excited to have you back on because I feel like there's been a lot of great changes since the last time we spoke. And Mm. I know that everybody else can see your amazing, your growth, your uh, (laughs) transformation. (laughs) So I want to talk about all of that, including your new book that will be out. But before we get into that, I want to also talk about what's been going on with you since we spoke last time. It's been, you probably don't even remember because it's been so long (laughs) since you've been on the show. Oh man, so much. I mean, back then I was still working as a private chef. So I had my own, you know, private chef company in New York City. And I was doing Super Tita Soul, but you know, more on the side, wanting to grow it. But I honestly, I, I really didn't feel like I had much time or energy or bandwidth. But since then, I'm, I started doing Sweet Potato Soul, my blog and YouTube channel full time. And <laughs> also, I totally left New York City. Now I live in Los Angeles. Good weather, nice lifestyle. And I've been here since August 2017. Still new and still enjoying it and exploring and all that. I, I love it here. And then, of course... <laughs> My book is coming out next month, February 6th. So, yeah, a lot of new, like. And yeah. you're getting married. Oh, yes, I am getting what are you married. Getting married? <laughs> 
April, April 29th. April 29th. So we have so much we have to dive into. <laughs> we have so much to catch up on. I want to start with the decision to move to L.A. Because I remember when I saw on Instagram that you were moving, I was like, oh, wow. First of all, I was jealous because I was like, man, that's nice weather all the time. All the time. <laughs> so what made you make that decision? Is it because so much business can be conducted out there? Honestly, no. I didn't even consider that. Uh, people would ask me, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess but it's a good point. There is business, you know, especially if I was going to continue being a, sh- a private chef like this is the place for that because there's so many vegan people who have money and then if I was gonna um <laughs> basically if I was thinking about it from the perspective of sweet potato soul business I mean come on this is like the vegan mecca but no I didn't really that wasn't the reason the reason is simply lifestyle I wanted my fiance and I wanted to live in a place of better weather, you know, mm-hmm. or outdoor activities, like right outside of our doors, basically, and just sunshine, because we had lived in New York for eight years, our entire 20s, and we just are feeling like we wanted something new and fresh and, you know, invigorating. So LA was the place we chose. Yeah, and it recharged you. Oh my goodness, I yes. could just tell your glow, your pictures yeah. are just like popping. You were just loving <laughs> this weather. Mm, all the time. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think we recorded this portion um, last time we spoke, but we were talking Mm -hmm. about how to stay motivated um, and how you were kind of like at a crossroads and you weren't sure if you were going to turn sweet potato soil into a full time business. You weren't sure what you were going. You were just kind of like, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to talk about that because I understand how that feels. I feel like, honestly, I'm just coming out of that. Like I have been dealing with that for a while and too long, I feel like where I'm not really sure (laughs) what I'm doing and what the next step will be. So let's talk about that for you. Like, what did that look like? Oh, yeah. Okay. So I I definitely remember. So when we were, when we spoke last on your show, I was, I think, I guess it was 2015. So my fiance and I, my current fiance, we had broken up for the year. We've been together since 2008. And so we like took a break. And when we took a break, basically I was, um, so he and I started doing these videos together for YouTube just for fun. And it just always stayed that way. Like he would film them and I I would be on them. And so once we broke up, we're like, okay, you're not going to do the videos anymore. I'm just going to do it by myself. So I was doing it by myself and, and you know, like not doing it with him made it like not as fun, you know, more difficult. It wasn't just like a fun thing we were doing anymore. It became like something I have to do. And I didn't really feel like I was that good at it. And nor did I really like editing at all. So <laughs> I feel like I was like, oh, gosh, I don't know if I'm going to keep this up or if I'm going to be able to. And but the thing for me, like I was when I became vegan and when I started Sweet Potato Soul and my private chef company, my goal was to really like help people become vegan. And so I knew that I was going to do that in some capacity. So whether it be the blog or the cooking for people or something else that I hadn't discovered yet, that I just knew that's what I wanted to do. So I did think about giving up on Sweet Potato Soul and I have thought about it many times over the years. But, you know, I always felt at least, well, if I give up on this, I'm not going to give up on that, that, um, it's, it's like, I feel like it's my purpose, you know, to help other people do this. So yeah, as long as I could do that in some capacity, but honestly, Super Data Soul is obviously a good platform because I have been able to, despite feeling like giving up and despite feeling like, um, you know, I don't know how I'm going to expand on this or take it to the next level. It has 
you know, I've been able to do all those things, even even when I'm like, I don't really know if I want to, you know, opportunities have presented themselves. And honestly, we keep doing it. Like we keep doing the videos when the videos don't seem like they're doing as well. And when my growth slows and it doesn't matter, we just we just keep doing it and doing it and doing it. So that's, I think, why it's that's how I've gotten through those those humps. That is a really, really, really good point because the difference between you and me when it comes to that is when I feel <laughs> like it's not really working well or I'm dealing with depression or anxiety mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. else, I completely stop. I like disappear mm-hmm. for an extended right. time. So you just continue to work through that anyway. Oh, so yeah. That, yeah, that's the difference. When did you realize that this was going to be something that you can do full time? Because I know there's so many other vegans who are passionate about this work. And mm-hmm. they want to figure out how to make a living from it because it's one thing, and I know from my own experience, it's one thing to make some money, but to make a right. living from it is a whole other <laughs> situation. And I know you do this uh, full time. It kind of was like by not by accident, you know. This is something we were, you know, hoping would happen. So my fiance and I got, or I'll call him my partner because we didn't become, you know, fianced until much, much later. But yeah. so my partner and I, we got back together at the beginning of 2016. The break was over, and um, we started you know, talking about, oh, maybe we should, you know, get serious about these videos again. Uh, Because I had been reached out to from the North Carolina Sweet Potato Commission to be an ambassador. And that was such a great opportunity because that was my, it was literally my first paid thing for Sweet Potato Soul. I didn't, I had never been, I wasn't pursuing those, you know, those opportunities. I didn't, I wish I, I, I like, I wanted to make money from it and I, I wanted to get the attention of brands, but I didn't feel like I had the time or I just really didn't know how to make it happen. So I wasn't doing it, but they reached out to me organically, obviously, because I'm sweet potato soul. <laughs> so it made sense for them. Um, so they reached out to me and Max and I were like, oh yeah, maybe we should, like, we got to make videos for these people. Like maybe we should just like get more serious about this. So we did, you know, I was ambassador and we had to do like a series of videos, one a month for six months with them. And then like by the end of not even six months, within a couple months of the year, you know, 2016, we got another paid opportunity. Um, And these people were coming to us like, hey, like, um, we'd be so interested to do a sponsored video on your channel what's your rate and then I'm like oh because I'm already I already had a business background obviously as an entrepreneur having yeah. a private chef company so I knew how to ask for you know what I thought I was worth so I'm like okay actually so we're not just going to sell a video we're going to sell blog posts video and newsletter posts and social media posts yes girl <laughs> yes <laughs> and so I like created a little package uh, I put together a press kit, and I didn't have that much to put on it, obviously, back then. But Hey, but you had the numbers to put on, so that helps. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. the reach, the engagement, yep. And I've been working, I have been building my my newsletter since 2011, or 2011. First, it just started with my, my friends and family and Sweet Potato Soul. That was, honestly, I started my newsletter just because I, I, I was doing the IIN program, and I had, I, I think I started before the program even started, to be honest. But I'm like, I just want to be able to reach out to people and share, share what I'm learning in IIN. So I had my newsletter for a long time and I had built it. So by 2016, I had, I don't know how many people, but I had built that newsletter up so I could really sell that. So yeah, like they reached out to us and are like, okay, um, we're going to upsell them for a whole package and we were able to start doing that. And honestly, it got to the point where I just didn't have time. So 
to to cook for clients anymore. Because in the past, it'd be like, you know, I'd keep a client for a while, and then maybe they would not need me anymore, not be able to afford me anymore, and then I'd be like, oh, now I have to find, you know, and I have to replace this family with another family, you know, or, you know, get some more clients. And since we were doing Sweet Potato Soul, making money from that, I stopped having to, you know, work on trying to, you know, retain and keep clients for the Nourishing Vegan, which was my other company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then over time, I got so, like, by the end of 2016, I was so busy with Sweet Potato Soul that I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't cook for you. I can't cooking class. I just literally don't have time. I'm working on Sweet Potato Soul. And also, uh, I think also very important to that story, though, is that I got my book deal uh, the summer of 2016. So that was another. So here I am. I'm cooking for people, doing sweet potato soul, and finally making money from that. But then also trying to grow my social media presence because we realize, you know, the bigger the numbers, the more money, the more influence you can command. Yeah. But then also I got a book deal. So I have to have to write a book by the end of the year, basically. The manuscript was due January 26, tw- sorry, January 2017. Okay, so you get the book deal. Did they reach out to you? Okay. So, okay, no, my friend and I, my friend Victoria Moran, she's a, do you know her? I don't think so. No. She's like an OG in the vegan community, but she started her career in, I think, probably the 80s or the early 90s. So Victoria and Moran and I were sitting on the subway. She's, you know, we're friends from just like the vegan community. And we're sitting on the subway talking, and she's put out, I think now it's been like, like 12 or 13 books. Wow. She used to be a self, it's more like self help writer, but now. She's all, and she's been vegan the whole time, but now she's transitioned more into vegan books. She has a cookbook that just came out last, or in December, so 2017, and she has a lot of, she has like an online, or not online, she has an in-person program called Main Street Vegan. I know who this is, yes, okay. Yes, yes. So she certifies people to become vegan coaches, basically. And so um, she and I are talking, and we're and she's like asking me everything I'm up to, and you know I'm telling her like I'm expanding Sweet Potato Soul, and and she's like, oh, you should write a book. I was like, yeah, I would love that. Now this is like 2015, okay? This is not. This is when I'm like not. I don't even know which way I'm gonna go, right? Mm-hmm. So book, I'm like, oh yeah, it'd be great. But like I said. I didn't know where, what direction I was going to take Sweet Potato Soul or what direction my life would go in anyway at that point. So I'm like, okay, whatevs. She's like, I'm going to put you in touch with my, um, my agent, my literary agent. I'm like, cool, do it. And so she puts me in touch with him, and we talk, and we connect, and he's like, okay, Janae, I love, I love you. I love everything you do. I need you to write a proposal. Okay, it took me over a year to finish this proposal. Wow. I was just not, I just don't think I was ready. And I knew that, I knew what I had. You know, I knew like the whole story of Sweet Potato Soul and the recipes I'd be sharing were valuable. And I knew they would, you know, I knew I'd be able to get a book deal. But I just wasn't ready, like for myself. I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't, I didn't think you know you have to be ready you have to like feel the confidence in yourself so I felt more confident in my story and in and in the idea of my recipes and what I could offer than the actual finished product Mm. than what I could actually create so I that's why I stalled for a year to finish and 
he was very patient with me and, you know, helped me along the way and was very encouraging. And so by the time I finished my book proposal, he's like, okay, thank you, finally, let's shop this around. So within, I don't know, a month of him shopping it around, I got the book deal that I have today. Nice. And yeah, I got the, yeah, started working on it. So it was it was an unnecessarily long process <laughs> because of me. <laughs> oh my God, let's talk about that process. Because uh, I mean, the thought of that just makes me want to vomit, to be honest, because it just <laughs> seems like it is so, <laughs> so much work. Oh my goodness, because not only are you trying to get the book together, but you have mm-hmm. to also maintain, like you said, your social presence and working oh, yeah. for brands and doing YouTube videos and then probably everything else that you do offline that we don't even see. So it's just mm-hmm. like, oh my goodness, it just, I can only imagine what that looks like. What right. did you do? <laughs> so yeah, so you know, obviously when you get a book deal, they give you an advance and the advance is supposed to cover the a good deal of your expenses while you're writing the book. So the idea like traditionally is an author gets a book advance and say they're working at like they're working as at, I don't know, at, at the grocery store, <laughs> whatever. And they get their advance, they quit their job at the grocery store so they can focus full time all their energy on writing this book. And then they, you know, they turn the book in. Hopefully it's a big success. Hopefully they never have to go back to working at the grocery store or wherever. But nowadays, you know, these cookbook cookbooks and bloggers and, and, and chefs like me who are getting book deals, we can't quit because we have to keep up the social media. I mean, you know, technically don't have to, but if you want your book to be a success, like that's such a big part of it. Like not just the marketing that your publisher will do once the book is coming out, but what you can do. So the bigger your numbers, the more success you can imagine the book will have. So I'm trying, here I am getting the book deal, starting working on writing this thing. I'll be honest, I have not spent a penny of my advance because <laughs> I just had to keep working because I want to build more brand connections so that when the, the book comes out, they can help me promote it. Yep. Um, I obviously had to keep building my Instagram and YouTube and just general social media presence. The blog, I wanted to get my blog numbers up, up, up. Uh, so I had to continue putting out brand new recipes while I'm creating brand new recipes for the book and make, you know, they have to be different. And then I say the newsletter, I mean, still obviously trying to just get my name out there uh, at the same time. And then so and and also at this time, it's like right when we got the I got the book deal. That's when I started that. That's when I went full time with Sweet Potato Soul. Uh And my partner, he wasn't he was still doing um, he was a tutor in New York before. Um, so it was just me full time, but he was, you know, fully helping me as well. So it's like, it was very busy, really, really busy at that time. And, um, definitely a lot of work and, well, oh my gosh, I mean, it was totally worth it. Like there were all, there were multiple times where I'm like, I'm never writing a cookbook ever again. (laughs) I'm not doing this again. It's too much work. It's too difficult. But then like now (laughs) I'm like, oh no, I totally have so much more to say (laughs) there. Did you use a lot of recipes that you already had for the cookbook? Oh. Or did you have to test a whole lot of new ones? What did oh, you do? Yeah. yeah. I had to do new ones because, um, so yeah, we don't, we don't want it. To, there, are, there are a few recipes that are already on my blog, some like favorites, most popular things. But so the Sweet Potato Soul Cookbook is way more focused on veganizing soul food than my blog is. So I mean, you could call the cookbook a vegan soul food cookbook because you know I mean I'm from the south if I weren't from the south that doesn't matter just the fact that I'm a black woman you know I know about soul food we Mm -hmm. all do 
So, yeah, I mean, everything from, you know, like more Creole things like etouffee to class people, things that people think of like classic soul, you know, like deep south soul food, like grits and biscuits and fried chicken and mm-hmm. mac and cheese and, and pound cake and sweet potato pie and all that is that's all in the book. Rice pudding, I mean, peach cobbler, all that stuff in the book. Yeah, and so for my, you know, my blog, on the other hand, is a lot more of the food that I eat on a daily basis. I do some soul food, but that's definitely not like, like traditional soul food is not the focus of my blog. So it it had to be different recipes anyway, just because I don't really, that's not really what I'm sharing in the blog day to day. But I think that's more accessible, though. Your cookbook is actually more accessible for a person who is vegan curious, but they feel like they're going to miss out on like the flavor and the texture. So Exactly. That's important. important. Yeah, it is yeah. so important. It's because there's so many, you know, so many blogs or cookbooks and blogs, and it's like how to make quinoa, how to make some other thing that you know I can barely pronounce. Yeah. <laughs> but on the other hand, yeah, there are you know, as Americans, there are certain foods that like we all know, and especially with some Black Americans or Americans who are from the South. So that's really what I wanted to highlight and be able to bring people into this lifestyle through those familiar foods. Yeah. So what are some of your favorite dishes then? What do you, what do you like um, the most? Well, my favorite, I, the pound cake. <laughs> I can't wait for that one. I mean, I, I, I actually made it last week, so I had it recently. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Cheesecake, or sorry, uh, cream cheese pound cake. Just like my grandmother made, used to make it. Banana. Uh, banana. <laughs> Honestly, like the foods that I just like spit off before, those are like my top faves. Mm-hmm. The etouffee, I make that a lot now. The grits, I love. Um, I don't make them enough. I should make them more often. Uh, let's see, sweet potato cinnamon rolls. So I have these sweet potato. I have sweet potato cinnamon rolls on my blog, but these in the book are elevated. They're better. They're more sweet potato-y. They're like next level. <laughs> so I'm very excited about those for people to get the recipe for those. And then, you know, more simple stuff like, you know, black eyed pea cakes and, and, those, and oh, like a collard green coconut salad that was inspired by a dish that I had at some restaurant in Harlem once. So the idea, though, like a lot of these, most of, I don't know about most, a lot of these these recipes are like straight up veganized versions of something you're already familiar with. But then a lot of the recipes are healthier versions or more, more um, inspired versions of soul food dishes using, you know, staple soul food ingredients like collard greens and corn and things like that. Um, So it's that there's definitely a mix between, you know, things you're like, Oh yeah, I eat this. I know this or, Oh, interesting use of collard greens, for mm. example. It's a nice balance. Yeah, it's a nice balance, yes, nice balance like. for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. So you got to tell us, what did a typical day look like? I know that most <laughs> most days when you were writing this book, there was no mm-hmm. such thing as a typical day. But mm-hmm. what was the process like? I mean, as far as testing the recipes, taking the pictures, mm-hmm. What did that look like? So there's a hundred recipes. There are a few more than a hundred, but um, like some of the technically there's more than a hundred if you count sauces and things like that. But there's a hundred base recipes, and so what I did was I broke them up over the course of a number of weeks to test and create and remake and you know all this stuff with the recipes. So I did about five. I think I did about five a week. And so say for example, I was testing the pound cake. 
um, which is the recipe that I had never veganized before. So I couldn't just say, ah, I'll just, you know, use this off my blog or I'll just play around and make it different. I would, I would, I would, so I also had certain days of the week where I would be in the kitchen all day testing. And so that was, that's basically what, what kept me, um, that's what allowed me to work also full time and do this. But I would be in the kitchen, I'm playing around with a pound cake, let's say it's a Tuesday. Say that Tuesday it's a fail, I don't like what, you know, the result. I had another day that week, I don't remember the specific days, but I had another day that week where I would try it again. And I kept notes the whole time as I was testing. I often, I just kept my phone right next to me, also writing notes down. Uh, until I got to the right thing and say for instance by the end of the week I still didn't like what the end result was I would transfer that recipe to another week in the future so that I could retest it again and you know Have do more research to figure it out yeah. exactly and then once all the recipes were created I basically I recruited recipe testers mm -hmm. and I had 30 different people from all over the country and I had quite a few probably like five five or six people who are in different countries, Australia, England, Canada, who also who tested those recipes out for me. And I broke them all into groups and they each had certain recipes that they would work on and you know give me feedback using like the Google's uh, I forgot what that thing. Google um, the, the notes. No the docs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where you can like fill in you know sheets and stuff. So I did that. Um, and then some recipes you know, sometimes I had to go back and fix and change and make more clear and clarify and and some recipes were just good as they were. So I was able to keep to keep them. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of back and forth, honestly, with with my testers, just making sure that everything was perfect and clear. And and also it was super important for me that most almost every single rest. I'm sorry, every single ingredient it's easy to find. Nowadays, mm. with the internet, you don't have to focus so much on that. For example, there's like a one or two recipes, probably one recipe with porcini powder, which is something you wouldn't find at the normal grocery store, but you can get on Amazon for like 10 bucks, a huge box of it. Mm -hmm. um, so there are a few, very few things that you can't just buy at a normal grocery store. I want it to be as, as approachable and easy as possible. Yeah. Definitely. So what about the photography? That was one thing that also helped the process be so much easier. The publisher wanted me originally to do the photography myself. And um, even though I do the photography for my blog, I don't I don't necessarily enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, you just got to do it, you know? Why is it uh, that the people who are good at this stuff don't enjoy it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, <laughs> honestly, within the last... So I used to always do the food photography, and Max was doing the, the videography. Uh -huh. But within the last mm, couple months, maybe two, two months since we moved here, Max has taken on doing the photography, the food photography himself. So we work together. I work more as like a... Maybe like an artistic director or, I don't know, a food stylist, also prop stylist. And, like, we're just there together, but he's the one snapping the photos nowadays. Um, but back then, I was doing it myself, and I didn't want to do my own book. And I am so glad that I did not, because that is too much work. So the publisher gave me money to – they didn't pay for the, the all of it. 
Um, but they did help me finance the photography. So one of my girlfriends, who's an incredible photographer, she did the photography. She's a professional food photographer, whole team, food stylist, prop stylist, her as a photographer, an assistant, um, and they rented out a, a, um, a space and within three days they did all, all the photography and they worked like machines. It was fascinating what? to watch them. It three was so, they're days. amazing. I thought you were going to say like two weeks. They just <laughs> three, oh, three days. days. You three were right. Days. This is a machine. Goodness. It was a machine. Well oiled. It was like incredible how focused they were and like never lost steam. It, I would, you know, if anybody, you know, you're writing a cookbook and the publisher is like, because nowadays publishers are not giving authors money, especially if you get a, it seems like if you get a, uh, like a, I don't know about a big, big, big advance, but you know, midsize or like decent advance, it seems even more likely that they're like, we're not paying for the photography. You have to pay for that yourself. But honestly, regardless of that, I think it's totally worth it. Unless you're a photographer yourself, I think it makes more sense to outsource that because you're not really going to, you're not going to become, I mean, you could become rich writing a cookbook, but that's very, very unlikely. So, you know, it's more like a calling card in a lot of ways and, an, yeah. and it's like an opportunity to, it opens a lot of doors. So it's not so much, in my opinion, about making money writing a cookbook. It's more about, you know, yeah, like I said, opening more doors up for yourself and, and it gives you a different level, another level of like, um, opportunities for sure yeah absolutely yeah. so yeah <laughs> that is awesome so I know you mentioned that you did not tap into your advance money so during mm -hmm. this time you were living were you living off of your sponsorship money from mm -hmm. working with brands and also what about AdSense do you feel like you were able to make a, a decent amount of money from AdSense from YouTube um not really <laughs> I, I, mean, I feel no. like with YouTube, it just pays for like your groceries and exactly. you know your exactly. your time kind of thing. <laughs> right, right. I mean, okay, if it were just me, maybe you know, if it's just me and I have sponsored things, but at the beginning of is this the beginning of 2017, maybe or within that year, 2017, Max started working with me also full time. Okay, mm -hmm. so now we're taking it to the next level. Um, because we started being able to charge more money for our sponsored, you know, sponsored brand placements and, you know, these package deals that we're selling. And also me doing ambassadorships. So I was making, I've been making money that, you know, it's part of Sweet Potato Soul, but it's like, I'm not having to like make videos for these people. It's more like, you know, it's kind of separate. Um, and then also in the, but half of 2016 and half of 2017, I was working as a um, consultant for restaurants. So we definitely had a lot more money coming in. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. And we were able, and like we got real serious about video. We we're doing it more than once a week, and we got really way more serious last year. So he started doing it full time. That's why I say YouTube money. It's like, and also like nowadays, so within the last like two, three months, probably two months, my YouTube channel. The growth has slowed. The views have like gone down way significantly, and we were like really upset 
I've noticed this, by the way, on a lot of channels. Yes, me yes. too. Not just mine. Um, so it's hard to take it personal when you like see it across the board. It's like about YouTube's algorithms and such. It is. I feel like the algorithm is acting like Facebook and Instagram mm. now. Oh yes. But I still think it's don't. I know you probably feel the same way. It's still really important for building your oh, brand yeah. and your business for sure. Oh yes, exactly. Janae. Okay, so I need some. This is look. I love this podcast because I get to talk to so many people, and I pick the hell out of it as many brains as I can, okay? Because I want to be yeah. better. You got to help me, Janae. I've been off YouTube okay. for like six months, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, I know you and Max, y'all are like the, <laughs> y'all are a dope team. Y'all get this going, right? <laughs> really good to have a team. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so I want to outsource because I really yes. want to get back onto doing, you know, YouTube. And I just think it's so important. So what suggestions do you have? First, I want to know what suggestions do you have for me? I'm, I can take whatever advice you want to give me mm-hmm. personally. And then I want you to give advice for someone who is looking to start a YouTube channel. What do you mm-hmm. recommend for that? Okay, so for you, first off, I definitely want to, yes, encourage you to outsource, you know, and even if it's, you know, whatever that looks like. So Max and I, it was not necessarily this outsourcing, we've become a team, right? Mm -hmm. And honestly, so way in 2015, I, when I was doing the videos by myself, I stopped doing videos for, I don't remember exactly how long, but like a few months, I like straight up didn't want to do it anymore and I stopped doing videos I was still doing Instagram and my blog and newsletter but the videos I just couldn't handle it Uh, I just didn't want to anymore it was too much however nowadays if I ever feel that way I literally can't because I have a partner who who's like also relying on me and it's just you can't you know Mm -hmm. so having a partner or even someone who's like you know you're outsourcing and like an assistant or an intern you have to do it not only for you, not only for your viewers, but for this person because, like, they're depending on you in a way. That's helpful. So there are often days when I literally do not want to be on camera. I don't want to do my makeup. I'm in a bad mood. I'm feeling depressed. I'm feeling anxiety, whatever. But I have to. Like, I literally, I have to. And so, but you know how it is with editing. You can edit it and make it look like you're having the best day ever. <laughs> <laughs> I I think you should, you know, be outsourcing in some way, like I said, whether it's an assistant that you're hiring or an intern, but somebody to take, not even just take the load off of you, but someone to keep you accountable. Yes. More so. Because, you know, on YouTube, you don't have to have a big production. You don't have to have like, it's not like TV. You can be you. You can make it so casual and just, you should be surrounding yourself. You should be looking at channels that are more um more like what you want to do and what you have the capacity to do yeah yeah i mean like if you're i don't know like like um <laughs> cooking sh- like actual cooking shows that you know like food network because you don't want to and that's like come on i yeah. can't I, I can't do that wait there's, there's a there's two of us you need a whole team so you gotta look at people who are more similar to what you want to do and and who are doing well at that Good to point. show that to show you that it is possible. Mm, I needed this. Thank you. Thank mm. you. <laughs> so, what do you recommend welcome. for someone who is just getting started? Then, well, do you okay. do you think that they should have a video once a week? Like, what's the process? Do you think that should be for a newbie? Okay, so for a newbie, one thing that's so important, yes, that consistency. So, once a week. Honestly, even if it's a simple thing, like right now, we're doing more. Um, 
we're doing more for the month of January, more talky videos and not me sitting there or not me cooking, but me talking. And that makes it a lot easier because I sit down, I write like a like a script and I'm presenting and then we put like video content or photographs in there to mix it up. That's really, that's a lot easier to maintain on a weekly basis. So whatever you can manage as an individual, do that and make sure you can do it. Make sure you set yourself up to do something that is sustainable and that you can produce every single week. Only once a week. You don't have to do more than once, but at least once a week. And then secondly, it's super important to start collaborating with other people who are specifically, who are also starting out and who are also on your level. Um, and doing similar content. I mean, it's often, often you don't want to collaborate with people who are doing the exact same and who have the literally the same audience because you guys already have the same audience. But you want to do, you want to collaborate with people who are similar, but whose audience might be different from yours and whose audience might also be looking for to follow somebody like you. But make sure you're doing it, you know, like it's like if somebody, like I'm not going to reach out to somebody who has 4 million subscribers and I have like 250, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to reach out to people who have more around my numbers, you know? Yeah. That just makes that's just more it just makes more sense. That's who's going to say yes. Um, and then together you'll build. And you want to be friends with people uh, who you can collaborate with once and twice and you know continue your your relationship with on and off of YouTube. Yeah. I feel like yeah. that helped you a lot being collaborative because oh I feel goodness. like that is what really helped you. And do you think that yes. helped you with social media growing that as yeah. well? Oh, absolutely. Whenever, you know, if, if I look at my numbers, say I'm hanging out with someone who's got. So for social media, same. But it's all, it's also easier once you, um, like for me, it's easier now for me to hang out with people who have way bigger followings than me. Um, and so every time I hang out with them, here I get a huge bump in my, for example, Instagram followers because yeah. they might post like a story and we're together. Um, and that goes both ways, you know? Like if you have a million subscribers on, on Instagram, uh, if you're hanging out with someone who has 250,000, like you, you might not notice the bump, but there's going to be a bump, you know, oh, yeah. and who knows what that bump can turn into. So it is important whether you've got a million subscribers to 50, 10, whatever, <laughs> yeah. to, to hang out with other people who are doing what you do. Yeah. So do you go to a lot of events um, in LA mm -hmm. or are you just, mm -hmm. yeah? Yes. I didn't even, like I said, when I moved here, I didn't, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was thinking like, oh, New York is definitely the place for like, like brand work and like all the ad agencies are here anyways, but there are, way, I feel like there's way more events. I'm going to way more events here. I mean, maybe I'm saying yes more because the weather's so great also, and I don't <laughs> mind leaving the house. I that's right. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like I'm going to way more events here and honestly because the price of living is less here and there's so much more space here they you know I could have I can have events myself because in New York I wasn't able to it was so hard to like do cooking classes outside of my home because I have to spend hundreds of dollars just to rent a place a space for two hours here oh my gosh there's so much more opportunity to as a creator to be producing your own events as well and collaborating with stores and brands and people just give you your give you space for free here because there's so much more of it yeah I can see that so what about like, let's talk about like equipment do you have two cameras or three what are you using for your like your yeah. lighting and all of that okay so we usually use all natural lighting we did just get a, a light last week that we've 
I don't know if we've used, um, for video, we have not, I don't know if we've used it yet. We're going to, we're going to film today and we're going to use it. Um, because our kitchen is kind of dark and it's kind of annoying to like get it just right. Mm -hmm. So we do have one light. It's like one of those, those box lights that you shine on the wall and it bounces the light back to make the room seem like it's more naturally lit. So we've got one of those. We just got that. Uh, for cameras, we, ha we started off with a Canon EOS 60D with a kit lens. And that's what we were using until this summer. Uh, it's a great camera and it's a great price. I mean, it, I mean, cameras, DSLR cameras are expensive compared to, you know, a lot of things in life, but they can get really, really pricey. So this first one we started off was like t in all total, all together, we spent like 800 with the lens, um, which is a real, like I said, real good price for starting professional or uh, DSLR. The camera we have now, however, is like a $4,000 camera with the bundle, with the lens and the camera. It's like $4,000 if we got it new. However, we didn't get it new because we, we love to budget. We love to save money. <laughs> so we found it on eBay. We, we bought the, the body of the camera separate from the lens. Uh -huh. And we got great deals on both. You can eBay, I'm telling you, shop used for all this equipment. As long as you can wait, like if you need something tomorrow, you might have to just go to Amazon or go to the store. But if you can, if you can wait and you want to invest and you don't, but you don't want to spend like, like your whole like life savings, mm -hmm. definitely go for the use. Shop on eBay and you know look on Craigslist. eBay is great because you have a, more of a guarantee that if it doesn't work out, you can get your money back. So yeah. I recommend eBay. So which camera do you have now then? The okay, so that one is the uh, 5D Mark II. Oh, yeah, I've seen that yeah. one. Since we got it used, we don't have the newest one. So it doesn't have a screen that pops out. And like like our old camera, the, you could bring the sc screen out and like move like it around. Like a viewfinder, yeah. Yeah, that was really helpful. This doesn't have that. So for video, it's okay because Max is behind this the camera anyway. But for photography, it's a little more difficult. Um, but... It's always a workaround. We we now are using our computer, my, my computer. Um, we just straight up attach it into Lightroom, so we capture the you know take a photo, go straight to Lightroom, which is honestly a lot better because you can mess around with your lighting and editing in the computer as you're taking your photos. Mm. So I do like that better for sure. We've we talked about it a little bit before about anxiety and depression and how you yeah. just kind of work through that. I want to talk about this more because I feel like this is the older I get, the more I realize I used to be so ashamed of my depression, mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. ashamed of my anxiety. And the older I get, the more I realize it, as I get to know people on like a really uh, intimate level, like a personal mm -hmm. level, that so many of us struggle with that. Yeah. And I know that this is the case for you as well. And the reason I want to talk about this is because, you know, on social media, everything looks shiny and beautiful. And you're like, <laughs> oh, you know, your life is so amazing. Yeah. And I know you've told me that uh, not really. It hasn't been. Right. So let's talk about that. What do you do to type, you know, kind of manage that, I guess? Oh, man. I mean, I'm still I mean, I, this is something that I've just realized now in my life that this is just part of my life. It's just part of who I am. But I will. I do believe now as I get older, especially and look around at like, you know, my family who's also different, you know, different from my family who's suffering from this, that I do think my lifestyle and my diet helps so much. 
I wish it could just, you know, you go vegan and you get real healthy and you work out that like you never have depression and anxiety, but like for the world we live in and like, you know, hereditary stuff, I feel like this just, it's just not, it's not realistic. But I do definitely feel like my lifestyle supports me so much to, to be healthy and to, and to just, just manage it and to be able to, I, I, I used to think that I was like weak, you know, I got, I've yeah. been so often in these places where I'm like, oh man, like, you know, I don't have any children and I've, but I've often felt like I don't want to have kids because like, first of all, like I, I often feel like I just can't even manage like my life right now, like mm-hmm. let alone like, and like the stressors in my life and the anxiety that I have in life, like let alone bring a kid, you know, and like have to, to take care of somebody else. But on the other hand, you know, in my more lucid and um, clear moments, I realized, wait, time out. I'm actually super, super, super strong. And, you know, I, t- I tell myself that when I'm feeling depressed. And I tell that myself that when I'm feeling anxious and, like, not great, that, no, you know what, you're going through this, but you are strong. You're going to come out. Um, it doesn't necessarily make me feel any better in, that, in those instances. Yeah. But I do try to keep that as a mantra, and I try to prove it to myself. So... Like I do, because I have my partner, I do still have to show up for work. One of the things that has helped me, and this is why I think that I'm finally coming out of it and like seeing the light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing. And I feel like I'm feeling better a lot lately is because I started therapy. And I think that that has been really, really. um, I I do too. I have a therapist. Do you? Oh, yeah. And when we talked before, I don't know if I was with because I'm not with the same person anymore, but I, I had I had a therapist back then in 2015 as well. Um, I don't know if I was with him then, though, but and that didn't work out. It wasn't a great fit, and I started feeling better, and I thought, oh, I'm great. No more of this. I'm never going to go through this again. <laughs> and that's another thing, too, because, see, a lot of times, see, people, we find someone, and then it's not a good match, and we think, maybe it's, maybe oh, I don't gosh. need this. Right, yeah. right, right, which is not the case. You got to find, you may, it might take a little time to find the right person, but the, and I know it's an investment. You can end yes. up spending a lot of money before you find the right person, which is what a bummer. I know. But I do recommend, like the woman who I'm with right now, she pretty much fell into my lap. I was reading an article about, I don't even know, I, it was about something mental. Um, and I'm just Googling around. I read this article and I'm like, who wrote this? This is really great. So it was in a blog. She had contributed to some Buddhist blog or something. Um, and I'm like, oh, okay. So I go on the woman's website. Oh, wow. She's actually a therapist. She's a Buddhist, um, Buddhist, not a monk, but you know, she like lives in a monastery and all these and Buddhist monastery and all these things. Um, and, I'm like, wow, she's taking clients. She's in England, so, you know, so it's a bit of a time difference. Mm-hmm. So I can't see her in person, but you know, she's a lot, of le- lot less expensive than American therapists. <laughs> and just I could tell before I even reached out to her, before I even went to her website, that the person whose article I was reading, like her message really resonated. Her way of looking at the world resonated with me. You know, she is, she's Buddhist, and, ha- you know, the Buddhist mindset is something that really has always resonated with me. So she's the person who have been, who's been my therapist since um, uh, probably May, May or April mm-hmm. of 2017. So, and I love it. I mean, there's every week I'm like, I don't think I need, 
I don't think I need to talk to her today, you know, the, the, the next day. Oh, man, I, I should have just canceled. Why didn't I cancel? And then you <laughs> Thursday morning, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad we talked. This oh, my is goodness. Helpful. This is relatable, Janae, because, look, I, I go on Friday, and I was thinking that, too, this morning when I woke up. I was like, mm-hmm. because, like I said, I pay out of pocket for it. And the way yeah. I look at it is this is a form of self-care. Like, this is an yeah. investment into my yeah. future, into my life kind of thing. So I'm like, man, I kind of skip. And then I'm like, no, honey. Right. I mean, you, you, you don't have to give it out of this. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like workout, like type of workout, you know? It is. Like, oh, I don't want to go to the gym. The gym. And then you leave and you're like, oh, I'm really glad I did that. I feel mm. real good now. Yeah, exactly. It, it's yeah. just, it's, I'm so glad that we um, we connected on that level. Because I, I, I feel yeah. like, like I said, that a lot of people don't, it's not that we don't think we need it. We just don't really know where to start. You know, mm-hmm. especially if you're very specific about what you want and the type of person that's going to help you. So, right. Yeah. right. What, so therapy is something that you yeah. use as far as for your anxiety and depression. Anything else? Oh, do you absolutely. do anything else? I know the health, of course, eating. Um, yeah, that's what I say is number one, though. And like exercising, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have I'm not like a big gym. I don't ever go to the gym. I'm not a gym person. But, you know, I love to move. So whether it be hiking, going for long walks. And, you know, I literally do that every single day. Um, I do something. I also practice yoga. I've been practicing almost 10 years now. Mm-hmm. So whether I'm, it's, I don't really, I don't really like having a home practice, but, you know, going to yoga studios and real nice ones. <laughs> I like, it feels, you know, it makes you feel good. And um, so, yeah, the health and well, like the physical eating and, and body stuff, I do think that's number one because I don't talk to the therapist, but once a week. You know, but the other things, eating well, uh, being active, I do every day. So Mm -hmm. that's why I put that as first place for sure. And another thing that I think is important for me is to not get caught up in like what I should be doing to help myself, you know, because I'm I'm very much trying now to be um, more accepting of how I am and, and who I am and the, the, this like having depression and anxiety and not trying to get rid of it, but more so just trying to live my life with it and trying to, you know, understand that this is just a part of who I am. Yeah. Cause that, cause like the, the, Oh God, why am I like this? It's so frustrating. Oh, that's to me, that makes it worse. It does. Cause I'm, I'm, I've been there. I know it does yeah. make it worse. You're right. Yeah. Oh, that's a really, really, really good um, point. And I know that yeah. helps somebody else for sure. Hope so. So before we wrap up, I want to, of course, I want you to talk about the book where we can get the book. Um, I yeah. want you to talk about where we can follow you and all of that good stuff. But I want to know what in your your life and your business or whatever is making you really excited right now. Oh, well, mostly it's the book coming out because yeah. it's been such a long time coming. <laughs> and then also getting married. Vegan wedding, too. Oh, yes. 100% vegan. What is your family thinking about this? the vegan food? My my family is so funny. I'm very, 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 very blessed because my family is like, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, I'm never, they never. My mom is a little bit like when we're in, like when I'm visiting, she's like, oh, I have to, you know, I, I would prefer to go someplace that serves seafood so I can have, you know, fish. But yeah, nowadays, even now I've been vegan for about seven years, she's like, yeah, whatever. And now, like with the wedding, no, they, they just assume it's going to be, be vegan. I don't know if I, like, we've never had a conversation about it. I just like, yeah, we're looking for vegan caterers. And they're like, ah, oh, cool. 
Yeah. The food's going to be good, so they don't care. Yeah. And I think that's yeah, the bottom care. line for most people. As long as the yeah. food is good, they don't care. So and what they if, already know it's going to be, they already are familiar with vegan food now. You know, so a lot of families, it's like, you know, your, your parents, like, they don't even want to try it, or maybe you don't see them often enough for them to eat vegan food often enough. So they're like, I don't know, we're going to like this. But my family, you know, I'm around them enough, and they've eaten vegan food enough that they already know. So yeah. it's like, to them, it's no... It's just as good as food with animal products, like literally. Yeah. And mo- my dad is mostly vegan. Uh, we were. My mom is mostly vegan. She does eat. She does eat sea animals, but uh-huh. still mostly vegan. My grandmother as well. Big- Nana what? is too. Oh, oh yeah. okay. I didn't know that. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Nana, she's not fully vegan because she will slip up on, you know, you know, in your 80s. I get it. It's hard to be like, oh, somebody gives me a, a, a brownie or cookie. It's like, oh, I forgot to ask, does this have eggs or milk or whatever? So my mom has already primed my grandmother. So we've never, my we in my family, we didn't eat red meat. And my grandmother quit eating red meat when my mom quit eating red or not when my mom but probably when my mom was in her 20s my grandmother quit and so my grandmother got used to going to places and telling people I'm sorry baby I don't eat that I'm I'm, you know for my health she has like an excuse so she got used to saying that and so when it came to now when it's come time to she goes out with friends and such she orders the vegan meal and if you know they're like Georgetta you want to try such and such thing or I'm eating this pork or beef or whatever She's already used to saying, oh, no, I actually, I can't. My doctor won't let me. She has, like, an excuse. So mm-hmm. That's an easy way out. Yeah, <laughs> That's it relatable is. to a lot of people, unfortunately. They're used to hearing that because other people are saying, oh, yeah, you know, my health, my cholesterol, mm-hmm. this and that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, but it works. Yeah. Are you having a big wedding? No, so no. And that's another reason, like, the whole 100% vegan thing for food will be easier because – that we don't have like any extended family who's not used to our lifestyle coming. It's oh. all our parents, our grandparents, and our siblings, and our friend, our close friends. That's it. So about sixty people. Okay, that's good though. Yeah, it's so intimate and fun. Oh goodness, that's so exciting. Tell us um, the title of your book, where we can buy it, and where we can find you on social media. Okay. Well, the title is Sweet Potato Soul, and you can find it anywhere you buy books, but. Um, you know, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, Indie Bound. If you want to support local, which I I recommend, of mm-hmm. course, um, local bookstores. But yeah, Sweet Potato Soul, just like my blog, just like my Instagram, just like my YouTube. I'm Sweet Potato Soul across the board. Yes, yeah, yeah. so brand baby, Yeah. <laughs> And, of course, I'll make sure that I link everything for this episode at brownvegan.com. Make sure you Mm -hmm. check out Janae's book, Support Black Vegans. Yes. (laughs) Thank you so, so much for being back on the show again and being so open with your experiences, your growth. And like Mm -hmm. I told you before, this is just the beginning, babe. You got this. Oh, Oh, thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the show. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the podcast five stars on iTunes. Also, don't forget to get all of the show notes and resources we mentioned at brownvegan.com. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.